Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick? And apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Husband! Wife! Guess what we're doing today? Well, it's a little late today, but it is a holiday weekend. Mm-hmm. And so uh, today is still Saturday, sa- Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yes, Sunday, it's Sunday. What what is time? I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so given that it's Sunday, Sunday, not Saturday. What are we doing today? Um, we are doing sacrilegious book club. That's right. Which isn't on Saturday. That's so not I don't on, know why yeah, I said. I know Saturday. that's why I was like confused. Sorry. So uh, what are we uh, going over today in the book club? Well, we are still in a treasury of Jewish folklore, stories, traditions, legends, humor, wisdom, and folk songs of the Jewish people, edited by Nathan Ozubel. We are in part four, Tales and Legends. Okay, sounds great. Are you ready to get into this? I am. All right, let's do this. Okie dokie. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Okay, so I said we're in um, part four, Tales and Legends. Yeah. And within that part, we are in chapter one, Biblical Sidelights. And I was like, the fuck does that mean? Right. Um, it basically means that it it's biblical side stories. Oh. So that's maybe fun. Maybe fun. I don't know. Um I, I say that so that you understand where we're going with this, because I'm gonna start with the intro, which is a bit lengthy, but I took some notes out of it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So let me just start here with the intro. We're on page four forty six for all of the people that are following along. Okay. Okay. Yep. So Jewish religion, religious lore was never fully frozen into canon. So like, you know how the Christians are like, nope, that's what it says in the Bible. Right, right. The Jewish people are more like... Loosey-goosey about it? Well, this is what it says and this is what we think. And here are our thoughts on it. And here's some more stories about it. And like, that's where the Midrash and the... Ibid and the Agata and all that comes in. Right. And we've They're, talked about it before, how they are much more studious about their their religion mm-hmm. than they they consider a lot more things about it. They do. They are very introspective with regard to their faith and with regard to what the word of God actually means. Right. And how it impacts them in their daily life. Yeah. So... I, I particularly appreciated that opening sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, to continue... It says, um, this dynamic, oh wait, no, let me skip ahead, sorry. (laughs) The Midrash attempted to penetrate into the spirit of the Bible by revealing its inner meanings, which were not in literal evidence in the text, by means of legends, parables, myths, fables, and ethical sayings. Sure. Okay? Yeah. So that's kind of just what we just said. Right, right. This body of folklore came into being because the masses of the people found the scriptural text insufficient <laughs> for their understanding. Uh, yeah, like, I can I can it? appreciate that, actually. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. The folk were eager for deeper and more interior explanations of the characters and incidents recorded in the Bible. I mean, again, yeah. I, I, I'm fully I on board. I appreciate that, yeah. yeah. This need may be seen from the fact that the voluminous literature of the Midrash was in continuous growth until about the time of the Crusades. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So those people were like heavy thoughts. Yeah. Like, what is this shit? Right. Okay. Skipping further ahead, um, it goes without saying that the Midrash hardly wields the same religious authority as scripture. Nonetheless, it is very... It's very vivid characterizations of Bible personages with its added wealth of details and incidents have in many ways superseded the scripture versions in the fan- in the folk fancy. Well, from what I've heard, you know, what, what we've gone over and what we've read in this book and in other instances where we've gone over different things from them, 
it's a lot more um, put. It's put in layman's terms, mm-hmm. and it's it's put in like they use examples, you know. Exactly. So it's very yeah. easy to in, interpret for uh, the layman, mm-hmm. and and that's obviously when you when you've got a lot of people that are going to understand it better because of this story, then that's going to make a lot more sense to the masses than mm-hmm. than the scripture. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Not always does the Midrash legend follow closely the Bible text. And that sentence itself is the crux of what this whole section is about. Okay. Because we're going to reference some of the biblical happenstances and tell little side stories, side lights. Got it. Okay. Okay. So anyway, carrying on of all. Okay. So we start with Moses. Okay, yeah. So of all the stirring Moses legends in the Midrash, that which describes his solitary death on the summit of Mount Pisgah has lain closest to the hearts of the people. The Bible account of it troubled them. They found it hard to understand why, after having suffered and battled all his life on their and God's behalf, he should have been condemned by the divine will to die at the very gates of the promised land. We struggled with that. Yeah. We had a, we had we took issue with that. Yeah. Because it's bull I mean okay. I don't want to get too far into this but like there's so many other instances in the Bible where there's a man of God or a person of God mm-hmm. that does so many worse things than what Moses did. Right. And Moses got fucked. He did. Like He really did. It was hor- I mean in context in canon it was it was a horrible um, fate for him, you know, yeah. like that. I didn't, to die I didn't get it right at the gate and it, to, it, to die right there with it in view and to not be allowed to enter the promised land. And honestly, that right there is almost enough for if you're reading just the Bible, that's enough for you to say, this is bullshit. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you, God. Yeah. That's fucking crap. It's mean. Yeah. It's cruel. Right. Yeah. The moral question for many became challenging. Was there no reward for virtue? If Moses the most righteous man who ever lived, <laughs> was denied the just attainment of his strivings, how could they, sinners and backsliders all, ever hope for forgiveness and the peace of the world to come? Right. Yeah. Fair question. Definitely. Okay. So another one that we're going to talk about is the prophet Elijah. Okay. Okay. Not, Not Elijah. Elijah. Right. Elijah. Right. Um, he has been the subject of a greater number of legends than any other Bible hero. Interesting. In short, he is an, um, oh, let me skip ahead, sorry. Yeah. Much of rabbinic and later legend about Elijah is based upon the Agata belief that he did not die like other mortals, but was translated to heaven while he was still alive, swept aloft in a chariot of fire by a whirlwind. Well, that was kind of alluded to in the Bible. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So okay. because of that, there's a lot of stories and legends that have come up right. that are not biblically based. Okay. That are about Elijah. Okay. And um, so that's where I was starting to say, in short, he is an invisible household friend. Um, he's the guide and helper to the souls of the men in the world to come. Okay. And they see him as a benevolent friend standing at the crossroads of paradise and hell. Oh, this is like, he's like the gatekeeper, huh? Not gatekeeper. He doesn't keep people out. Right. He guides them where they're supposed to be. But when you see those pictures of the the guys standing at the pearly gates or whatever, right? Is he one of them? 
Um, he's standing to the right. He's Got not him. the main guy. Okay. I think that main guy is some angel. I forget which angel it is sure, that sure. guards the gates, but he's there. But, um, like the angel points them in the direction they're supposed to go. And then Elijah walks them there. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, the folk mind considers that he never really died and will remain immortal. And Elijah is delineated as the eternally wandering Jew who never finds rest from the missions of mercy he has to perform. And this conception, of course, has no connection with the well-known medieval legend of the wandering Jew, which is anti-Semitic in character, which I did not realize. Huh. That's so interesting I've, because it, and it didn't occur to me until you just read that, but... Uh, one of my favorite musical artists is uh, Paul Simon, and mm -hmm. there's a there's a line in his song Graceland that says one and one half wandering Jews, hmm. and it, that could hold. I, I'm gonna have to dig into that line because that could hold a whole different meaning than I right. ever imagined it to mean. Yeah, so that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I would be curious for you to right come back and let us know. Yeah, that might even find. be worth like a. I don't. Ooh. Well, we'll see. That might even yeah. be worth like an episode or something. Yeah, sure. Um, during the rite of circumcision, for instance, Elijah served as the, quote, angel of the covenant. We've talked about this a little bit. Um, this was a story that did come up at some point. Um, his on, in his honor, the most comfortable chair in the household is reserved for him and is oh, placed yeah. at the right hand of the godfather. And this is designated as Elijah's chair. Yeah, I do remember talking about that at one point. How he's there at right. circumcision. Yeah. Yeah. In Orthodox homes, it is also the custom during the cedar home services on Passover Eve to pour a cup of wine for him and for the youngest child to open the door in order to, quote, let Elijah in. Interesting. Symbolically, he thus spends this most convivial of all Jewish festivals in the bosom of every family. I see. Okay? I see. Um, we're also going to talk about King Solomon. Okay. okay, yep. He too occupies a foremost position in legendary lore. His wisdom, which became proverbial, marked him for the hero as sage in many Midrashic legends. The Solomonic folklore literature is very considerable. Tradition has it, of course, that King Solomon was the author of many wisdom books. Right. The Song of Songs, Ecclesiastes, and the Book of Proverbs in the Old Testament. Yeah. And then there's some pseudo-epigraphic works, um, the Psalms of Solomon, yep. the Testament of Solomon, and the Wisdom of Solomon. Well, we, we talked about this too. So Solomon had his mother, was it Bathsheba or whatever? Was that mm -hmm. his mother, I yeah, think? Yeah, I think so. Um, and when uh, when Solomon came to power, there was we, we felt that there was quite a push of like literature. Like they wrote a lot about yeah. his reign to make him be greater to make him be more you know? yes yes so yeah the rabbinic writers of those days sometimes wrote anonymously or they modestly hid their individuality under the name and prestige of king solomon interesting and he was fabled to be so wise that he could read the guilt or the innocence of the those he judged merely by looking into their faces and because he had chosen the pursuit of wisdom for his goal, the folk believed that God had rewarded him with the splendor of power and great riches. He also gave him dominion over the upper world of angels, 
over the netherworld of spirits and demons. Wow. Over all the earth and its inhabitants, including beasts and reptiles, birds, and fishes. So this is his otherworldly duties after he died or something? Yes. Interesting. Solomon, not like we're done with Elijah now. No, no, no. I got it. I got it. Yeah. That's just, it's interesting that they, they have these ideas as to what they are after they die. Yeah. Multiple people, apparently. Multiple people, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's. Interesting. During the 40 years of his reign, some of the laws of nature were miraculously reversed. For instance, the full moon never waned. All wow. living creatures obeyed his command. The eagle, especially serving as his messenger and principal means of conveyance. When he built the temple, reputed by legend to have been the most beautiful structure the world had ever seen, angels and demons helped him in the task. I missed this bit in the Bible. This isn't in the Bible. No, I know. I know. I'm just like, if this had been in the Bible, it would. That's so ridiculous. Right? Yeah. But, but, like, I want to hear those stories. Right? You know, like, that's so, so interesting. He hewed the immense stones which went into its construction by means of the magical worm. The Shamir. I'm sorry, what? Magical worm? Yes. What the fuck? We'll get to that at some other point. <laughs> That's not one we're reading today, but it is one we will talk about. Oh my God. This is, yeah. this is interesting. Fairy tales, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. It is indeed curious that only in later Midrashic legends was Solomon hero worshipped. In earlier folklore, he was held up to righteous scorn for having negated by his conduct the wisdom he affected. With one solitary exception, the sages used him as a springboard for their ethical preachments. They charged he was no wise man at all, for only a fool would be so concerned with accumulating a thousand wives, owning (laughs) innumerable horses, and hoarding untold gold and silver to no good purpose. We talked about that too. We did. Moreover, they castigated him for being overweeningly proud of his wisdom. Also talked about that. Yes. (laughs) Of Ecclesiastes, they said it could hardly be considered a sacred work because it represented only the wisdom of Solomon. You know, I have to say, when I hear this stuff said in books where they're discussing, um, you know, what scholars talked about, what, what the what the rabbis talked about about these people and they mm-hmm. they reference things that we've talked about that we've discussed i feel pretty good about myself me too i I'm was like, thinking the yeah, same that's, thing yeah that's that's like stuff oh, that we were quite i noticed that as well right, okay yeah. cool 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 <laughs> like it always makes me feel like i'm on the right track and i'm not quite the dummy i take myself to be R- yeah yeah i it, mean it validates my thoughts and concerns sure sure yeah. Vivid in the recollection of the Jewish folk is their memory of the prophet Jeremiah. Now, I didn't go much into this because we have not read Jeremiah yet. Right, right. Which leads me to another thing I'm about to say. Okay. There's going to come a point when we have to stop reading this book until we catch up in the Bible to where those stories are pertinent now that we are at Bible stories. I see. Okay. Okay. Because... Yeah, because we don't want to go further than where we are. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, next to Moses, they revere Jeremiah the most, conceive him um, in terms of moral grandeur. And in the Agata, Jeremiah and Moses are often linked together as having experienced the same trials. Huh. 
Okay. Okay. I stopped there reading about him because, like I said, the rest we, of it gets into something. We more. haven't. I don't know. We haven't got there yet. I don't want to know about Jeremiah. Right. 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 Okay. Yep. So now I'm gonna just read a few of the Bible stories that um, I thought were interesting because they they were different from what we've heard before. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, this one was cool, I thought. The mightiest thing on earth, and this comes directly from the Agata in the Talmud. Okay. Okay, it's yep. on page 450. God created ten mighty things in the world. A rock is mighty, yet iron can break it. Iron is mighty, yet fire can make it soft. Fire is mighty, yet water can quench it. Water is mighty, yet the clouds can carry it. The cloud is mighty, yet the wind can disperse it. Wind is mighty, yet man can endure it. Man is mighty, yet fear can break him. Fear is mighty, yet wine can drown it. Wine is mighty, yet sleep can dissipate it. Sleep is mighty, yet death is mightier. <laughs> I like that. Right? I like that. That's really good. Um, The next one, um, I... I'm not going to read. I'll just summarize it real quick. It's called The Making of Adam. Okay. And um, the angels are like, why are you making him? And God's like, tell him. And then Adam's like, because um, I can name the animals. And God's like, see, go. <laughs> and I made it funnier than it actually was, okay. just so Got you it. know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was The Making of Adam. Okay. Um, but I will read Mother Eve, page 451. Okay. And this one is from the Midrash. Got it. When the Almighty wished to create Eve, he did not know from which part of Adam's body he should fashion her. I won't create her from his head, he said, so that she should not be conceited. I won't create her from his eye, so that she should not be curious. I won't create her from his ear, so that she should not listen to gossip. I won't create her from his tongue, so that she should not be a chatterbox. I won't create her from his heart, so that she should not be jealous. I won't create her from his hand, so that she should not be grasping. I won't create her from his foot, so that she should not be a gadabout. Instead, I will fashion her from an invisible part of man, so that even when he stands naked, it cannot be seen. Then God created Eve from one of Adam's ribs, saying, Be thou a modest and chaste woman. Nonetheless, God's excellent plan miscarried. Woman is conceited, curious, a gossip, a chatterbox, is jealous, grasping, and a gadabout. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Right? I was like, fuck you. Yeah, that's kind of a... Like, excuse you, whatever. It sounds like the... You, you know how you always hear... Uh, old men it's usually mm -hmm. old men talking about their their wife or, or a woman or mm -hmm. whatever and how they're you know this that or the other yeah sounds a lot like that it really does and i'm it? like that's kind of an asshole move for yeah just no yeah I, I don't like that so um what i got out of that is i'm sorry you said god failed right yes <laughs> that is so, okay that's what happened yeah, yeah. yeah. okay gotcha <laughs> whatever yeah because apparently a woman is supposed to be just demure and quiet and you know perfect mm -hmm. that was what god wanted the anti-lilith right yeah <laughs> all right so i am gonna read the first tier which is i thought kind of magical i thought it's kind of pretty okay okay 
After Adam and Eve had been banished from the Garden of Eden, God saw that they were penitent and took their fall very much to heart. And as he is a compassionate father, he said to them gently, Unfortunate children, I have punished you for your sin and have driven you out of the Garden of Eden where you were living without care and in great well-being. Now you are about to enter into a world of sorrow and trouble, the like of which staggers the imagination. However, I want you to know that my benevolence and my love for you will never end. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. He kicked them out of paradise. Yeah. And he's like, you're going to suffer a fuck ton. But you know what? I still love you so much. No, before that, he's like, oh, you got kicked out. That sucks for you. But who fucking kicked him out? Right? Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's like, Sorry, I just oh, had to interrupt because that was, I'm like, no, that, no, you did that, you mm-hmm. fucking idiot. Right? Okay. Right? Sorry. I know that you will be met with a lot of tribulation in the world and that it will embitter your lives. Mm. For that reason, I give you out of my heavenly treasure, this priceless pearl. Look, it is a tear. And when grief overtakes you and your heart aches, so that you are not able to endure it, and great anguish grips your soul, then there will fall from your eyes this tiny tear. Your burden will grow lighter then. Uh, Tears are a gift from God? Yes. Jesus fucking Christ. They get through the hard times. Oh, man. When Adam and Eve heard these words, sorrow overcame them. Yeah, I bet. Tears welled up in their eyes, rolled down their cheeks, and fell to the earth. And it was these tears of anguish that first moistened the earth. Adam and Eve left them as a precious inheritance to their children. And since then, whenever a human being is in great trouble, and his heart aches, and his spirit is oppressed, then the tears begin to flow from his eyes, and lo, the gloom is lifted. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that was <laughs> oh right no, yeah yeah okay so the next one I'm not gonna read I'm just gonna summarize and it's called falsehood and wickedness okay and it's about how um, Noah built the ark and only pairs could get on so um, falsehood um, the liar queen she's like hey I want to get on the boat and Noah's like only pairs and she's like fuck. And so she goes walking around and she bumps into wickedness. And she's like, yo, wickedness, be my husband so we can get on this boat together. Right. And then wickedness is like, what's in it for me, bitch? And then (laughs) she's like, I will give you all the money that I make because I know I'm going to make a fuck ton on this boat. (laughs) So then they get on the boat together and yay, they're a pair of falsehood and wickedness. And she makes a fuck ton of money, just like she said. Oh, Okay. okay. Yeah. Selling left and right. Selling lies. You know, she gets them. Lies, you know. Sure. She she's a liar that sells lies. I don't know. Yeah. No. And I'm. I mean. I'm just. I'm listening. Personification here. of of the falsehood. I guess. Okay? Yeah. So then, when the boat lands, uh huh, and they get off. Yeah. He's like, tally up, bitch, and she's like, okay, and then she's like, couldn't I just have some though? Cause I did all the fucking work, and he's like, but wouldn't it be like evil to um go back on our word? You know, we made a deal, bitch. Right. Right. Like, you owe me. Pay up. Yeah. And she's like, okay. And gives him all the money because, you know, that was the deal, right? Mm-hmm. 
And then true indeed is the proverb is how this ends. Falsehood begets much, but wickedness take taketh all that away. I see. Okay. I see. Yeah. So you can see why I didn't read it. It was like right. anticlimactic. Yeah. Sure. Clim climactic. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. But this one I thought was interesting. Page 454, the four cups. Okay. Okay. Noah was working with a will to break the hard clods for the purpose of planting the grape. Suddenly, Satan appeared before him and Whoa. asked, what art thou planting here? <laughs> okay. You know, because I'm Satan. I, right? didn't, I didn't realize Noah met Satan. Sure he did in this story. Okay. All right. It's a vineyard I'm planting, answered Noah. And what fruit will it bring forth? <laughs> the grape, which gives joy to man and gladdens his heart. You know, because yeah. I'm Noah. I'm sweet or something because you're Satan. So, sure. you know, right. la, la, la. Yeah. Okay. Then let us work together, wop, 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 said Satan. <laughs> Noah consented, you know, oh. as you do. Okay. Right? Yeah. Thereupon, Satan brought a lamb, slaughtered it, and poured its blood over the clods of earth. Oh, damn. He then caught a lion, slaughtered it, and again poured out its blood, drenching the soil with it. Noah looked and wondered. Yeah, what? I'm kind of wondering this? myself. What's this about? Yeah. Satan thereupon caught an ape, slew it, and poured the blood upon the clods of earth. Okay. At last he bought a pig, slaughtered it, and fertilized the ground with its blood. And thereby, Satan wished to indicate to Noah the following lesson. After tasting the juice of the grape, drinking the first cup of wine... Man becomes as mild and soft-spirited as a lamb. Mm. After the second cup, he becomes courageous as a lion, boasts of his power and of his might. After the third cup, he becomes intoxicated, dances, leaps, and gambles like an ape, making a fool of himself. But when he has drunk four or more cups, he is like a pig, bestial, filthy, and degraded. He is like a hog that wallows in mud. I see. Yeah. Okay. Four cups. So drinking regulations mm -hmm. for early Bible. Don't get Bible. too drunk. Okay. Don't be drinking too much. They cover that a lot. They do. They, they, they like do. to they like to talk about that drinking. This wasn't a don't drink. This was just a don't drink too a, much. Yeah. This is Moderation. a drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The next one is called Abraham and the Idols. I'm not going to read it because I feel like this one was in the Bible. Oh. Okay. It's the one where. Um, Tara, Abraham's father, left him in charge of his shop of idols. Okay. And Abraham was like, but I don't do idols, Pop. And Tara's like, just be in charge of it, whatever. And then um, after Tara, like, walked away and whatever. Right. Um, Abraham, like, kind of crushed the shop and then left the, uh, the, the stick with the largest idol. And then when Tara comes back, he's like, the fuck happened to my shop? What did you do? And Abraham's like, it wasn't me. They were fighting over um, who was the best or the biggest or the most. And so the biggest one here, he took the stick and beat them all. And then Tara's like, you expect me to believe that stone idols were walking and talking and fighting? That That's stupid. They don't do things. Right. And Abraham's like, no. I don't recall that. Oh, so, okay. But I recall you, it. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's fine. So I think I summed the story up better. Yeah. No, you, anyway. you got it. You yeah. nailed it. Yeah. So that happened. Okay. And that was pretty much in the Bible. Got it. So 
Um, then we've got, oh, Abraham before Nimrod. Oh, I'm not reading it because it's stupid. But Nimrod. But Nimrod. Man. I had to say I miss, it. I, I miss Nimrod. Well, Nimrod's like, um, worship fire and worship this and worship that and worship all these things that aren't God. And Abraham's like, no, 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 no. And then um, he keeps saying no over and over. And he's like, um, don't you perceive the mighty hand that guides the world? And the king was abashed and turned away, leaving young Abraham in peace. The end. Oh, okay. See? Stupid. Yeah, that's right? dumb. Yeah. So I said it just to say his name. Sure. Nimrod. Right. There. Nimrod. Okay. This one's called God Protects the Heathen, too. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And I thought some Christians could hear this story. Sure. Yeah. yeah. This is on page 456. Okay. Once, as the patriarch Abraham sat at the entrance of his tent, he saw an old, tired man approach. Abraham arose and ran forward to bid him welcome. He begged him to enter his tent and rest, but the old man declined the invitation and said, No, thank you. I will take my rest under a fucking tree. But after Abraham continued to press him with his hospitable attentions, the old man allowed himself to be persuaded and entered the tent. Abraham placed before him goat's milk and butter and baked for him fresh cakes. The stranger ate until he was satisfied. Then Abraham said to him, Now praise the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, who gives bread to all his creatures. Mm. Now that I forced you in here and made you eat, right? pray, pray with me, pray. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I do not know your God, replied the old man coldly. I will only praise the God that my hands have fashioned. Thanks. <laughs> Then Abraham spoke to the old man, told him of God's greatness and loving kindness. He tried to convince him that his idols were senseless things who could neither help nor save anyone. He urged him, therefore, to abandon them and put his faith in the one true God and thank him for his gracious acts that he did for him every day. But to all of Abraham's fervent pleas, the old man answered indignantly, How dare you talk to me this way, trying to turn me away from my gods? You and I have nothing in common, so do not impose on me any further with your words, because I will not heed them. I don't disagree with this guy. Right? Yeah, me neither. At this, Abraham grew very angry and cried out, Old man, leave my tent! Oh, this I mean, does not sound like that's not treating very them nice, well. Right? Yeah. And and I'm thinking the old man's like, Bitch, I didn't even want to fucking come in here! <laughs> right. You made me! <laughs> Without a word, the old man departed, and he was swallowed up by the dark night and the desert. When the Almighty saw this, he grew very wrathful and appeared before Abraham. Oh. Where is the man who came to you this night? He asked sternly. The old man was stubborn, replied Abraham. I tried to persuade him that if he believed in you, everything would be well with him. He refused to heed my words, so I grew angry and drove him out of my tent. Mm. Then spoke God. Have you considered what you have done? Reflect for one moment. Here am I, the God of all creation, and yet have I endured the unbelief of this man for so many years. I clothed and fed him and supplied all his needs. But when he came to you for just one night, you dispensed with all duties of hospitality and compassion and drove him into the wilderness. Wow. Right? Yeah. Then Abraham fell upon his face, boom, and prayed to God that he forgive him his sin. I will not forgive you, said God, unless you first ask forgiveness from the heathen to whom you have done evil. Huh. Hmm. Wow. 
Swiftly, Abraham ran out of his tent and into the desert, and after much searching, found the old man. Then he fell at his feet and wept and begged for his forgiveness. The old man was moved by Abraham's pleas, and he forgave him. Again, God revealed himself to Abraham and said, Because you have done what is righteous in my eyes, I will never forget my covenant with your posterity. When they sin, I will punish them, but never will I sever my covenant with them. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So then we start getting into some Moses stories, but a lot of these I was like, ugh. And <laughs> then there was one that was like five pages long. Oh, shit. Yeah, and I was like, I'm not even reading that. Right. No, absolutely not. Yeah. And it just keeps going and going, and then there was um, the death of Moses. But here's one on page 468. The angels jealous of Moses. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Rabbi Joshua, son of Levi, says that at the time when Moses went up to heaven to receive the law, which the Lord, blessed be he, was giving him, the angel said, Lord of the universe, um, what is a mortal man doing here in the heavens amongst us? And the Lord replied, he's come to receive the Torah. Then the angel said, wilt that Wilt thou hand over to man that hidden jewel which thou hast treasured up with thee during 974 generations oh. before thou hast created the world? What is man whom thou hast created? Give thy bounty to the heavens. That's from Psalms 8. Okay. Leave the Torah here and do not give it to man. Hmm. Then God's... Hmm? I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit torn here because the Torah is partly written by Moses. So right. what are they like? Well, it's written by Moses at God's command. Right. So but if Moses, it was there before Moses, then there must be a Torah that like, there must be an original well, Torah, right? No, 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 no. The word is, Oh, is okay, the treasure. Okay. I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, Moses, the bits is, that are God's words or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So he's about to give him the word. Got of it. God. Okay. You know? Yep. Then God said, Moses, Answer the angels concerning that which they have spoken to me. And Moses replied, Lord of the universe, I would fain answer them, but I fear lest they burn me up with the breath of their mouths. Because, mm. you know, they got the halitosis. Yeah, yeah. Then God said, Moses, take hold of the throne of glory and answer their speech. And when our master Moses heard this, he began to speak and said, Lord of the universe, what is written in that Torah which thou intendest to give to me? I am the Lord thy God who brought thee out of the land of Egypt. That's from Exodus. Right. O angels, have you gone down into Egypt? Have you served Pharaoh? Then why should the Lord, blessed be he, give you the Torah? Again, what else is written in this Torah? Is it not written, thou shalt have no other gods before me? Are you living among heathens that you should serve other gods? It is further written therein, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, which means rest on that day. Are you working that you should have to be commanded to rest? Furthermore, it is written therein, thou shalt not take a false oath. Are you engaged in business that you should be commanded not to take a false oath? Furthermore, honor thy father and thy mother. Have you a father and a mother that you should be commanded to honor them? <laughs> thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Is there envy and hatred among you that you should be commanded not to do these things? Of what good, therefore, is the Torah to you? 
when the angels heard yeah wow that's a good argument guy when the angels heard this they became friendly to moses and every one of the angels taught him something even the angel of death yeah Hmm. wow okay yeah then we've got more death of moses death of moses death of moses death of (laughs) moses and then okay then we get to page 475 why god forgives man okay Elijah the prophet once told the following story. It happened that I came to a great city, one of the greatest in the world. In that city lived a government official whose duty it was to investigate suspicious characters. When he saw me, he led me into the king's palace, where a priest came toward me and asked, Are you a scholar? I answered, I know a little. (laughs) To which he said, If you'll give me the right answer to the question which I'm going to ask you, I will let you go in peace. I said, ask. And if he doesn't, he's not going to go in peace? Right? Like, what you going to do? Murder me? I'm already dead or whatever. Yeah. Why did the Almighty create reptiles? Why did he need such ugly, crawling creatures in this beautiful world? I want to hear this answer. Yeah. How do you feel about it? I mean, I'm not a fan. We have snakes, and we've had it for... Or well, we a, have snake, a snake, a snake yeah. that we've had for two years and you have yet to hold him because you are like, absolutely not. Right. I'm not a fan. No, not a fan. But I don't, I don't disdain them to the point where I would want them to not exist. Right. But this so. guy's like, but why are they even? Right. Yeah. I answered him. The almighty is a stern judge, mm-hmm. but he also loves justice, benevolence, and truth. He foresees the outcome of everything and foretells the future. He is concerned with the good only. With his profound wisdom, he created the world and all that is on it. After that, he fashioned man. And the only reason he made man was that he served him with all his heart, so that he should take pleasure in him and in the generations that spring from his loins until the end of days. But when man procreated and his number became great, He began to worship the sun and stones and wooden idols. (laughs) From day to day, the sinfulness of man had been mounting so that he deserved death and greatly tried God's patience. Mm, At that point. That poor God. Oh, poor God. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough. I know. At that point, God looked upon all the creatures he had created in the world and said, men have life and these creatures have life. Men have souls and these creatures have souls. Men eat and drink, and these creatures eat and drink. Therefore, men too are animals and are no better than the reptiles I have created. Mm. Immediately thereafter, the Almighty's wrath subsided, and he withheld his hand from destroying mankind. From this, therefore, you can see that God created reptiles so that he would have some creatures with which to compare man and shame him into humility. Except for those times that they did destroy. Right. Man. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah. you know, that, that happened. That did happen. Right. Yeah. And and that's why snakes. Yeah, I guess. Okay. But you know what? Alligators and crocodiles are fucking evil. <laughs> if you, seriously, if you look at their eyes, they are evil mamba jambas. Yeah. They should not be alive on this planet at the same time men are. I, I I'm guess. just here to tell you, they are pure. They are Satan. I guess. I I guess you know, but we don't have dinosaurs, which is a good thing because those I mean, would be probably even worse. They would, but I'm just saying, 
crocodiles and alligators are evil. Right, right. That's all. Okay. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> if you just look at them, just look at their eyes and the way that they're liars. They just, they're laying there and then all of a sudden they're like, womp. And then they just like turn and turn and turn and spin you to death. I mean, they're just really effective predators. And then also they're like, I'm slow. I can't anything. And then all of a sudden they fucking lift up on their legs. Like, where the hell are you kidding me? And they run. Yeah. That is not acceptable. Right. Sir, get back in your fucking swamp. They they are not okay. I do not <laughs> love them. I do not like them. I do not want them. You ever seen a baby alligator, though? Shut your face. They're cute. Shut your face. I'm just saying. Right now. They are. I'm not having it. All right, whatever. I'm not having it. Anyway, that was all we got for today, correct? That was all we got for today, correct. So that was our Jewish folklore sacrilegious book club thing that we do. Mm-hmm. And um, we're probably going to not do our Monday episode until later tomorrow night. So we'll probably like release one late after the evening time or something. Because it's a federal holiday. And we got things to do. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. there's that. It's that one winter... Federal holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, the one that's in the winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, that was our book club for today. It was. And uh, we will be back tomorrow at some on point. Christmas at some point with um, what was the episode we're on? It's uh, Isaiah chapter forty something. Something. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's one of the forties in that realm. Which we don't have in front of us at the moment. We should. Sorry. But that would, we don't. That so. would be planning ahead. And I'm not great at that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to get the weekly wrap up ap, out after this. And then uh, we'll be back tomorrow with the new Isaiah episode. And then we'll be back on track after that. So we'll see you guys later. Bye. Hey wife. I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.